Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. Nate from Strictly Diesel up at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. He's sitting next to me. And, and I've got some business to take care of, but I want to talk about Blackwell Automotive at 40th Street and Greenway. Last week, we had a couple of callers about Tom and Blackwell Automotive. Tom's kind of an ornery old cuss. He's not old, but he's a con ornery cuss. And, and he does st- what we call street cars and mom's and dad's cars. But then he also does um, high-performance cars. And, and he is, his real forte is vintage cars. Yeah. And he's doing fancy blowers on big block Chevys and Fords and four-wheel disc brakes and all that kind of adaptation to take your 65 Mustang into a fire-breathing monster if that's what you decide to do. Right. He's really good at what he does, and, and I tease him a lot, and if you, you're a customer of his or if you talk to him, he told me the other day that he was, he was counting washers for inventory. And I said, are you really? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I am. You're counting washers? You don't have anything else better to do. Yeah, there's got to be something better. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that called shop supplies? Exactly. Don't, don't you have those underneath there? Yeah. No, I'm I'm going to find out how many washers we're selling, and 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 I and I said, so what? Are you going to put a, like a nickel a piece on the washers? I don't know. It'll just depend on you know. And he goes on and on. I don't know if he's lying to me or not, but I'm going to tell on him on the radio in case he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but bottom line is, is I'm not counting washers. You know what I mean? That's right. called shop supplies, and that's covered under the shop supply tax we give him. Sure. So, all right, we both have comments on Steve. You got anything? Steve, what I would do personally is probably contact the dealer, see if there's any TSBs related to this oil pressure switch, if there's any concerns with the oil side of the motor. Um, that being said, if they say no... Uh, how many engines have you done because of an oil issue? And, and see if you can get that question answered. Because it's going to be zero. It's probably going to be zero, yeah. Yeah, so to spend a 1000 on the switch, I, I know even on my side of things with the diesel stuff, we see oil pressure switches all the time, which you think they'd have down pat right now, but they don't. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very possible it's just that switch, but I, I get the bill for $1,000. So it's not necessarily necessary. And and the oil pressure switch is just a pressure device that turns on the lights, and so it has a contact inside of it, and a little piece of carbon can throw it into kind of weird stuff. And you can replace a switch on most cars and trucks pretty simple with an easy labor operation, but not this $1,000 take the top of the motor off. Right. I think an oil change is appropriate. Let's make sure we're probably, I bet that Jenison uses a 020 synthetic. Let's make sure we'll put a 020 synthetic in there. Let's make sure it's right at the full mark when we're done doing the oil change, exactly at the full mark. Let's make sure we check it. And, and then if the oil light comes on, if the light's on, but there's no engine clatter that follows that, then there's there's probably no problem. That would suggest that the oil pressure switch, which is the the, the tattletale of pressure, is defective. Um, he can probably go. T- 
go in into Google and do technical service bulletins for his um, 15 Genesis. Probably could, yeah. And he can probably find those on the Internet. Yeah. But one of the things, and this has nothing to do with Steve, but on a different subject, my eyes glass over when somebody comes up to me and says, according to the Internet, and I, they don't even tell me the problem. They All of a sudden, they want me to approve the repair. Right. And I said something to a friend of mine the other day. He called me about his car. And I said, if you start this conversation off with Google said or I saw on the Internet, I'm not listening to you. Just give me the symptoms. That's all I want to do, and I want to ask questions. Right. And he goes, gosh, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And I said, you know, you just <laughs> caught me in a, in a bad mood because we hear that all the time. We do. And and they expect us to fix their cars because Google said something right. on the Internet. And you don't even know who this person is that wrote this on the Internet. He could be a convict in Sing Sing, for all you know, right. and has never worked on an engine before. So now we're going to start fixing your car. I'm an ASE Master Tech. I'm in front of you. The shop's been in the business since 1979, and you want me to fix Fix your car based on somebody on the internet. Right. So when you say I went to Google, my eyes glaze over, and 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 I just can hardly contain myself. And Renee gets so mad at me, she just grabs me and pulls me away. She <laughs> says, "I know the Google g- g- the thing was coming." <laughs> so anyway, Harry, good morning, Harry. How the heck are you? Fine. How are you? I promise not to say anything about Google or YouTube. Harry, if you do, I am <laughs> going to hang up on you because I know I you know and you. I, I, know I like you. Hey, I, I, I heard you talking about uh, the stop-start deal, and I've got, I too have a 150 uh, Ford pickup, and it has that, obviously, and uh, when I first got it, it did have an issue with that, and I took it back into the dealer, and uh, uh, they said, oh, yeah, well, we replaced your battery. It was a little low on voltage or something, and you know, I better fix the computer, and you know, it'll work for a while, and then it quit again. Here, here, here's the crazy thing. When I'm up in Flagstaff, it works. Down here, it doesn't. Wow. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Wow, what, what's going okay. on with this? Well, the stop-start is all electrical, so it doesn't have anything to do with ambient temperature. It doesn't have anything to do right. with high, uh, um, um, uh, what am I talking about, altitude. It doesn't have anything to do with moisture. It doesn't have anything to do with, with humidity. It has nothing to do with any of that. So that's a, that's a, the only thing I could come to the conclusion on is is that that would suggest it's a connection problem, some kind of an electrical connection problem that is affected by the change in altitude, the change in temperature, the change in moisture, the change in humidity. That's the only thing I can think of. Right. Yeah, I've had. Well, I, I probably something simple, but uh, finding it's going to be, and I it's not that big a deal with me. I mean, I thought, well, I got a yeah. switch, I can turn it off. And and I'm yeah. telling people too that. Um, I, and and I do this with my tongue in my cheek, but I say I can fix it, but it's, I'm going to bid you five thousand dollars because I'm going to replace everything that's a touch, that's associated with this, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it or find it or fix it during that period of problem. The other choice is is let's just wait till it gets worse and easier to find. Right. And let's wait till it fails and it's easier to find because if it comes in on a tow truck and it don't start, it's a piece of cake to figure out what's wrong with that. Right. So, Harry, have you quit drinking? Uh, occasionally. Okay. <laughs> I'm jabbing him just because he gets me so often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't even know if Harry drinks. I know he's a great guy. I just thought I'd throw that in just to kind of tickle him a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Harry, thanks well, for calling. Yeah. No, Renee, Renee's here, and she's going to give me hell, okay? You get that. You, I'm, I'm right, going to tell good. you right now. She's going to be mad about that. 
Anyway, thanks, Harry. Thank you very much. The lines are wide open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And we talked about Kurtz, and Harry is a customer of Kurtz Auto, and Kurtz is up at I-17 in Bell. Between Kurt and Eric, they are they are really, really good at domestic, import, gas, diesels, motorhomes. Um, they'll even do weed eaters, and they hate it when I say that. But, you know, you got a good customer that brings in a weed eater they can't start. It's not going to be too hard to get it running. Right. You know, and you just find the junior guy and say, pull it until the the rope breaks or you get it running. It's just, and, and just like you, I'm going to spray a little carburetor cleaner in the air cleaner, and I'm going to get it to start. And then once I get it to start, then I'll just rev the heck out of it, which nobody ever does. Right. And when you have those two-stroke weed eaters, the best thing you can do before you shut them off is just boom, grab a hold of that throttle and wind that thing up and count to 100 <laughs> and then shut it off. Yeah, That's the best thing you can do for those. But anyway, uh, Kurtz is a great place, and he has ASE certified technicians, I-17 and Bell Road, northeast corner. Any other things new? The oil situation getting you down with all the different possibilities of oil and weights and and uses and oil change intervals? No, not really. I keep it simple. Okay. Yeah. The the problem um, I'm seeing right now is is our industry, and I say our industry, and I'm saying from the extreme bad to the extreme good, our industry is really struggling with oil change intervals and, and intervals for everything. Right. Everything. We interviewed a technician the other day that worked for a specific kind of auto repair uh, shop that's associated with others. And um, he, he, one of the questions they asked him was, you know, why are you looking for another job? And he says, well, he says, we're, we're really being pushed hard to sell. And he says, and people are so much more aware of their owner's manual. Now, I think you'll agree with me that the overwhelming majority of the cars are going to call for major service between seventy-five and 100,000 miles. Yes. Fluids, belts, hoses, spark plugs, brakes, calipers, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and actually, calipers was a pretty poor example because caliper is, a caliper is a symptom-driven problem. They're fine until they're bad. Right. And then the abnormal wear is going to be the reason. So we don't replace calipers for fun. But... I see that that is an issue, but I also see by looking at manuals that there's a wide variety. There's a lot of people out there that are calling for a 40,000-mile service, and there's a whole lot of cars that are at 100,000-mile tranny service, a transmission fluid change and filter. Right. How, how, do you, how do you explain that to your customer? The 400,000-mile? Yeah, the 100,000 sure. versus the 40. I mean, this car, Mr. Jones, your wife's car is calling for a transmission service at 40. Your truck is at 100. How do you do that? What's vehicle usage? How do they drive it? Yeah. Is it short trips? You know, what's the fluid look like? Yeah, and and her car is a two-door or a four-door SUV sport utility vehicle, and it doesn't pull a trailer. It can't pull a trailer. Right. You're pulling a trailer. You got a boat. You got a. You go hunting. You're off road. There's a little bit of a difference there. Yes. From the environment, suppose, but it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. And and I think you'll agree that most of us have decided to, on fluids, go by the color, the smell, and just the overall vehicle. Right. So there's times I, that even though it says in the owner's manual that the, the transmission service is at 100, it's pretty easy to pull the stick and put it on a white piece of paper and show them the brown fluid and say it's time. Yeah. And even though it's at 70,000 miles, it's time. Yep. And so those kinds of things that can happen. Who might that be, Gil? Hey, good morning to Don. Don, good morning. How are how are you today? Good morning. This, this is Don. Doing good. Two thousand seven. 
Well, that the coma uh, 2.7 this year starting making a noise the way I des- des- can describe is like distributor. And it didn't matter if it was hot or cold. So at one point, I pulled one spark plug, find out there was oil on it. So I took it to the shop. They changed the, the uh, cover gasket a couple of times after market so i i bought one from dealer they change it again and it still does the same thing okay well, we're we're kind of confused about this you said that you thought it was the distributor what, what symptom did you have that you 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 what, you said the distributor what, what i'm trying to say the noise that the motor was making it sound it sounded like an old distributor Okay, that like the noise. Okay, yeah, I don't think I'd use that. Um, you're, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been in this repair business fifty years, and I've never heard that before. And I don't know what an old distributor sounds like. Is there a clicking noise with the distributor? You think? It's, it's like if if the distributor uh, on the old car used to be able to adjust it, so it was off. Uh, was make or make that noise that I remember I had a vehicle in the past so that was the noise that I can describe like uh, okay the, uh, hold on hold on oh, stop stop um, what you're describing is the ignition is pinging or the, the 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 engine is pinging because the timing is too far advanced so when you throttle up there's a knocking noise sounds like a typewriter is that what you're talking about yes sir Okay, so that's okay. So what you've got is a rattle uh, on acceleration. That's that's the correct terminology for that. Is I've got an engine rattle on acceleration, um, and Thank then you. somebody said that they they are going to replace the valve covers, and that would take care of it. Yes. I've never fixed a, a rattle on. A, I mean, when it has pre-ignition, you have cheap gas, you have too much timing, you have too much carbon. Help me out. You're running lean. Yeah, running lean. Running lean. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a wide variety of things that cause the engine to rattle or ping, but valve covers are not one of them. The, the reason they say they wanted to change it because the spark plug had oil, and they thought the, the gas it was leaking. Okay. If the, if the plugs are oil-soaked, that, that needs to be addressed for sure, but I still don't think that's going to fix the ping. Well, and not only that is, is if the valve cover's leaking, it's leaking externally. Well, they they leak into a cylinder, though, where the spark plug is. So. Okay, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, but that would be something that you would be able to see because that not all of them would be oily. You wouldn't think so. And so you'd look at one and you'd say, okay, well, it's a four-cylinder, or let's call it a V6. So we got three on one side, three on the other. we got a valve cover that sits over the top. So number three on the passenger side, the middle one is, is oil-soaked. That's the valve cover we're going to do. We're not going to do both of them. We're right. just going to do one of them. Right. So um, I don't know. Even if the oil, let's talk about this. Even if the oil was leaking at the valve cover around the oil around the spark plug, how is that going to have pre-ignition? I, yeah, I'm, I don't get that either. Yeah, yeah. Because the the correct terminology is pre-ignition. Your car is pinging. It's pinging. It's like right. it's got cheap gas in it. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I I don't um I I don't understand why they took. But then again, I wasn't there when they diagnosed it, and I wasn't there. But I don't think in all my years of 40, 50 years of working on cars, I don't think I've I've ever replaced the valve cover gaskets on a 
or messed with the spark plug with respect to a ping. No. Yeah, and that that's a that's a tough jump to make. Can I ask you what kind of car is it? It's a 2007 Toyota Tacoma. Tacoma. And what part of town yeah. do you live in? Uh, Northside Melrose. Okay. Um, I would talk to Action Auto or Kurtz Automotive. Action or Kurtz. Kurtz is spelled with a C. Either one of those guys can can help you. You t- you ask to take them to a quick drive and show them that that it's knocking, it's pinging, and then say, um, call me with an estimate on what the repair is and see what they say. Those two guys are pretty good. Action is at I seventeen and uh, Deer Valley. Deer Valley, thank yep. you. And yep. Kurtz is at I seventeen and uh, Bell. Bell. So we got to run. We'll be back right after this. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? Well, that's about to change. Thanks to a new initiative from Autism Speaks, Lee Container, the J. Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund and Delivering Jobs that seeks to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Lee Container is a family-owned business that has found success by staying true to the golden rule, treat others as you would want to be treated. There are hundreds of thousands of people with autism and people with intellectual or developmental differences who are ready and willing to work in our communities. Our coalition is committed to hiring an inclusive workforce, providing training for hiring professionals, and providing guidelines for all employees. Together, we can create a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. Will you join us? We are inviting other businesses, institutions, and community leaders to join in. To learn more, please visit autismspeaks.org employment. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 22 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Nate from Strictly Diesel is my assistant today, and he's up at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. And when he says Strictly Diesel, he kind of means that. But let me ask you a question. If I have a diesel truck and you're my diesel guy, if my wife's car needs an oil change, do I need to ask you, or, or am I, are you going to say no? Bring it to us. We'll okay. take care of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because it, that's just somebody asked me that question not too long ago, and I said I don't really know the answer to that. But knowing Nate, I'm pretty sure he's going to say yes. No, we'll take care of the family for sure. Exactly. So, yep. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thompson's Auto Repair is is uh, in Mesa on Main Street in Stapley. They've been around since 1970. Brian and Thelma come from two families that started gas stations in the 60s in in Mesa. They know right from wrong, and and they probably get as many compliments as as all the shops do. In in the sense that Brian and Thelma, once you meet them, once you shake their hand, and once you talk to them, you'll understand. Just like Nate and his staff. 
we really have your interest in front of our own. And these shops that I refer you to, I know they're their families, I know their people, I, I know where they live, I know I have their cell phone numbers, and so when I say to you, I, I, I think you should go talk to them, it's because I'm sending you to the best place geographically that I can find. So Thompson's Auto Repair is the only shop in Mesa. I'm sorry, that's the best I can do. Jeffrey, good morning. How can we help you? Hey, Mark, how you doing? I uh, had a just a quick question. I got an old 96 uh, F-250, and uh, you know it's got a little bit of, it's got some beat up wear and tear on it and uh i'm just looking for like a body shop and i you know i see you have all the recommendations for uh you know repair shops but do you have any good recommendations for like some pretty minor body work you know the answer is no and i'll tell you why um there has been a, a lot of movement in the body shop industry and the insurance companies um have always held the drum and extended the beat and um, the the shops that that I used to recommend just kind of raised the white flag and sold their shops because they were so tired of dealing with insurance companies who they represented as is having um, they asked the shop to financially participate in the repair when the shop has no responsibility to financially participate in the repair. The insurance company should pay for that. This is a thought process that I don't agree with one way or the other. But unfortunately, it's created quite a divide. I would love to send you to a body shop, but I'm going to tell you what I have drilled this all down to. I want you to call your insurance agent and ask him who he uses, and I'll tell you why. Let's pretend that you have Farm Bureau. My guy is going to be handling and being involved when you wreck your car or you need paint and body work and stuff like that. He's going to be involved. When one insurance company uses kind of exclusively two or three shops in the valley area those guys dance to their music and they're really they're really going to be focused on doing good work so they don't lose their biggest client so i think you should contact your agent and ask him have you had your car fixed lately who's been happy cuz he's going to know the answer and he's going to say oh well abc over here on so and so so and so i've had numerous conversations with them and i know the adjusters like them and i think you should go there I think that's what you're looking for. The other thing is talk to the mechanical shop that you use and ask him who he uses. <laughs> so that that's that's part of my problem is, is I don't go to a mechanical shop. Uh, my dad's a pretty solid mechanic, and I know I know some ins and outs. And so between us, we usually get most of the repairs done. And don't really have any relationships with shops. Okay, so well, that, no, tell that me what. Kinda sunk okay, for me. no problem, no problem. What part of town do you live in? Uh, South Tempe. Like right on the edge of Mesa, you know, we we we're in South Tempe and we don't have a shop. We had a kid that worked a shop and his family owned the shop, and then they had three shops, and and they treated us and our customers like kings and queens. They just did awesome work. Then his dad sold all three shops to a conglomerate, and then he went to work for the conglomerate, and then he told us, "Don't come here." <laughs> and and and, wow. and so so the other day when we needed this then we called our farm bureau agent cuz we have farm bureau insurance and we called him and he guided us to a shop but it, it's, okay. it's 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 um you're in the same boat we are Nate you got any comments I, I got nothing I yeah we're in the same boat too we, we don't have anybody currently so if we have an issue we're going to have to find it and Nate and I both would have used Phoenix Body Works because yep. he's between us <laughs> yep. but he sold to a conglomerate and and 
and and, and I think that most of us uh, confidentially uh, uh, would say that that wasn't a move upward. That wasn't a move right. for the better. That's what we're hearing, and that's yeah. what we're hearing. And yeah. so, um, and and Nate's in Pinnacle Peak, and I'm in South Tempe, and and we sent we sent to Phoenix Body Works as well because we knew Greg, and right. Greg was the guy. Right. But when Greg sold, things changed. Yep. So I, I'm sorry, I just can't help you, Jeffrey. Good luck to you, bud. Thank you. All righty. You know, it's um. Uh, there's a lot of movement in our industry. Um, right now, uh, uh, Sun Automotive is buying shops all over town. And uh, Big Brand Tire is buying tire stores all over town. And there's millions and millions of dollars being ch- traded out. And there's a lot of guys that have been in business for a very long time that just got cashed out, and which is something that we all wish for at somewhere down the line. Um, we hope that, that my our wife's attorney doesn't shut us down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because that's the way they tell us that we're getting a divorce is and they show up and take your business. I'm teasing. The the bottom line is is it's things have changed a lot. They have. And uh, and and it's very difficult to find. There is so much going on and so much happening, and and a shop can go from privately owned husband and wife, kids may be involved. In your case, employees, how long is your longest tenured employer? Oh, employee. 10, 12 years. It, yeah. it, same with us. Eddie's 30 some odd years. Yeah. And we've got a couple in the 20s. The problem is, is that it just doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. Because when the conglomerates come in and start buying places up, it's all, it's a whole new ball game. Right. And, and, and one thing you can be sure of is there's going to be an increase in pricing. And, and and that's not a bad thing because a lot of us are a little lax about going up in pricing. We're right. happy with where we're at, but we don't really follow the market and we don't do price surveys, blah, blah, blah. And I'm quite sure that someone has said that to you and they've said that to me. Mark, you be a little, you might be a little shy on the labor rate. You know what? I'm pretty happy at the labor rate. Right. You know, I'm I'm not going to go to 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 $200 an hour because we just don't need that to make everybody happy. So those are the kinds of on and off. Anyway, the lines are wide open. There's five of them, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Nate from Strictly Diesel sitting here next to me, and so we can handle gas and diesel questions. And we can talk about if you have a problem with your wife's cooking and stuff like that. We can do it all. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday, attorney William Wolf will interview Ken Timmerman and discuss two obliquely interrelated subjects, Saudi Arabia's growing ties to Russia and how it might relate to the unrest in the Islamic Republic of Iran. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the Y. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the Y as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the Y, 
We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure, if you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. For help with food, health care, and other resources, call or visit 211.org. 211, how can I help you? 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. All about that demon automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels and results. Well, welcome back, everybody. And 10717. I forgot to put a space in there, but that's okay. I'll that's figure okay. it out later. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Anyway, good. we have two callers, so let's go to Mike real quick. My, not real quick, but let's go to Mike. Mike, good morning. How can we help you? I'm, I've got a 2005 Nissan Frontier with 181,000 miles. Um, the inside and inside the cab, it was making a lot of noise. Went to the dealer. It looks like it was one actuator, blunt door actuator that was making the noise. But I told them since the mileage was high and I love the vehicle, um, replace all three of them. And they did. Now I'm getting outside air coming into the cab, um, with nothing on. That's Is it first... something I should take back to them? Yes. Yes, you should get an explanation, but but let me ask you this: When you get outside air in, are your windows up or down? They're up. Okay, that is unusual because usually, um, in the, in some of the older cars, and of course your car is fifteen years old, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old, um, w- the fresh air system would allow vent ventilation when the windows were open. So we would have air pumped into the cab and then go out. That's why I ask you if the windows are up or down. But it, if it's something that you have that you didn't have before, that that certainly I did have a, it before. But it's still doing it. 
Right, and I'm not blaming the dealer. I, I, if it's my problem, that's fine. How can it be not be the one of the actuators? Well, uh, is, is there a seal on a door that's bad? Is is one of the motors not calibrated correctly? There's uh, there's is, is is you're right. You're you're right. There's a lot of ifs there. there. Let's go down the line here. Yeah. Unfortunately, the the activators. And by the way, it is coming out of the vents. Okay. Well, let me explain. One of the activators is going to. It's just a door that either goes left or goes right. So mm-hmm. we're going to have defrost inside the dash is position is one of the positions. Floor is another position. Vents are another position. Or and when we go by level, then we get floor and vents. So we have all these moving parts about how when you ask for something, it gives you what you ask for. So, But we have three levels of vents. We have defrost at the dash, we have center vent, and we have floor. And then we have a mixture of those three. So if, if you still had this, if you still have what you had when they went in and they diagnosed it as one bad blend door, one bad actuator, and then you said, go ahead and do two, this is theirs. This is theirs. Yes, they touched it all. It needs to be looked at again. For yeah. Sure, so and and you can okay. do that in a nice way, but um, just just be, just smile and and be firm that this is something I had before and and, and now um, I still have it, and so I'm I'm right. I'm concerned because I thought um, that the, that the, that the work that you did would would eliminate my symptom and see what happens. And yet I still did not ask them to correct that specific problem, so I'm not really blaming them. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh, I wish you were my customer. Man, oh man, you're you're way too nice. You're way, but, but by but, the way, but, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. On rare occasions, when the engine's cold, I start up the engine. Uh, for 15 seconds, the engine shakes badly. The check engine light flashes, and then it goes away, and it doesn't come back until it decides to on its own. Sometime later, a long are time you, later. Are you adding any fluids at all? Any oil? Any? Uh, Not at all. Radio- no. Okay. Sounds like a misfire, possibly that could be happening if it's shaking. It it almost has to be that. That that would be the only thing to throw a light or flicker a light like that. And then the misfire can. Uh, what I was searching for is, is 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 some kind of a injector leak, so black smoke, and it runs poorly for the first five or ten seconds, and then right. it smooths out by itself. Right. So I'm looking for clues about stuff like that. Sure. But I can't sure. imagine that we would have any kind of a vacuum problem that would create that problem on startup. I, I think the climate controls are going to be completely different from this engine issue. Yes. So he'd be, it'd be great if they fixed it while they were there. And, and perhaps maybe in one sense, they're both run by vacuum. So now we have an engine, we have a vibration and an engine miss, and we've got the vibration. And now we have this blend door issue. It could be a vacuum leak. We could have a significant vacuum leak that is not supplying enough vacuum to everything to make it work. Could be that too, yep. yep. And, and typically a significant vacuum leak would, would also affect the power brakes. So when you apply the brakes, that may cause the engine to rub, rum, rundle, rumble and vibrate as well. Yep. So, we, you know, us old guys know how to diagnose that, and hopefully that's, that's what you're going to get. But, but, but certainly you need to go back and be nice, and I think that you'll, hopefully they'll accomplish your goal. All right. Hey, thank you. Okay. Good luck to you, Mike. Thank you. And, and he's, he's exceptionally nice yes. and forgiving. Yes. I mean, he's in the top 10%. <laughs> now, my customers are all north of 50, but there's some of them that are between zero and 50 right. that, that you, you just changed my windshield wipers and now my spare tire's flat. Whoa. 
how do we go in there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's the relationship there? Exactly. All right. Yeah. Marty, good morning to you. How can we help you? Good morning. Enjoy your show. Got Thank a you. 2003 Chevy Suburban 5.3 with a dreaded electrical problem. I realize these are tough to find. Diagnosing uh, over the phone, but I thought maybe you might have heard something like this. Uh, intermittently, I've got a seatbelt or an airbag warning light comes on. I've uh, checked the code on it, it's passenger side. Now, that seems pretty straightforward. But at the same time, my air conditioning, heating air conditioning control will go blank and air conditioner will quit working. And then uh, once in a while, it'll set an engine code. Most of the time, I go in and check it and there's nothing there. One time, it did show a lean misfire. The real odd deal <laughs> is it intermittently calls OnStar uh, when all this is going on. All of a sudden, I get it, OnStar, may okay. I help you? I've never used OnStar in my life. It, it seems like a bad ground or something. Is anything you've ever heard of something like that where it could all be tied in together? Uh, I'm telling you, before you said it sounds like it's a bad ground, I'm thinking to myself, we're going to start at basics, and basics is just exactly that, checking all the grounds and checking all the power supplies and all that kind of stuff, because you have things there that are directly related to an interruption of normal power or ground. So okay. the answer is, is that's exactly where you'd go to do that. I, I think I'd I'd forget about Google. I'd forget about the Internet. I would just sit down on a couple of symptoms and I think the possibility exists. There's better than a 50-50 chance that one repair will fix two or three symptoms. Okay. Be- because okay. they seem to be, I think you'll agree, they seem to be all electrical. They they, they do, exactly. And yeah. Uh, I couldn't see how they tied together, but, I, man, it, they all happen almost simultaneously. Can you use Sometimes, a digital Can you use a digital voltometer? Do you know how yeah, to use yeah, one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do this real quick. Pay attention. You're going to stab the positive cable on the okay. battery. You're going to hold okay. it there, and then you're going to take your 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 negative, your black probe, and you're going to touch the fender and the radiator and the air filter and the firewall, and you're going to touch the negative side of the battery, and you're going to touch everything metal on the engine, and you're going to look for the same voltage every time. So if it's 12.8, then it'll be 12.8 everywhere you go. When you hit a bad ground area, then it's going to drop to 8, or it may drop to 0. Okay. okay. So you can do that yourself. That will help sure. eliminate it. The other day we had a, a vehicle that had a door. Uh, I had a window motor that was intermittent, and it had the signs of that. So as we were checking our grounds, we found out that the door hinges had worn bad. Somebody had just pumped them full of grease, which created resistance. <laughs> and so, sure. so we cleaned up the grease, but then we just took two sheet metal screws, and we put one on the door and one in the door frame, and we put a short piece of number 10 wire in between them, and that fixed the problem. Okay. So, okay. But that was also $125 because my wife um, was involved, and, uh, and she had to tell me how to fix it. So that's the reason why it was more <laughs> there money. You, there you go. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I'm apparently on the right track, but appreciate your uh, information there. I'll get the voltmeter and see if I can find something there. Yep, see if you can do that. Thank you very much, Marty. Did I take my 40 break? You did not. Oh, not yet? Oh, my goodness. If I, I don't know, I'm going to have to have a clock that talks to me. You I know was what I mean? pointing to the screen. I know you were. Yeah. I know you were. Okay. <laughs> hey, Gil, it's all yours, buddy. Ho, ho, and what would you like for Christmas, little uh, uh, large man? Hey, Santa, I'd like to have my mortgage paid for. Ho, ho, uh, not sure the elves can make that happen. 
Wishing for a Christmas mortgage miracle? Patriot Trading Group wants to make your wish come true. Just enter to win on the Patriots website, and you can enjoy having your mortgage paid for a year. That's right. It's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest, where if you win, you'll have all kinds of extra money for other things, like a vacation, new clothes, new giant screen TV with whole home audio, whatever else may be on your wish list, because the winner will receive their mortgage or rent payments covered for a year. To enter, go to 960thepatriot.com and click on the banner. Enter once each day to increase your chances to win and look for bonus entry opportunities. That's 960thepatriot.com and enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. Sponsored by Patriot Trading Group. See our website for details. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot. Uh, hit an ID that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I, I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter, that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project. I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves it's, it's their whole family. It brings it all together. We have scars that we carry. And just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were. Right now, I, I'm the best version that I ever have been of myself. I can embrace the brokenness. You wouldn't go into battle alone. You don't have to fight this alone. Visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone. Forty-six minutes uh, after the uh, hour of eleven o'clock, Nate from Strictly Decent is flying wing for me today and with me today. But Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing in Mesa has been a good shop, and he's always done a good job. But on the other side of town, we have Larry Harker's Auto Repair. He's at Thirty Eighth Avenue and Indian School. And when you walk in the shop, Ellen is on the front counter, and she's the wife of the of the husband, obviously her and Larry, not Larry, Bob are married, but just make sure that you treat her with respect because she runs the shop. (laughs) She's a really nice lady, and if you talk techie with her, she'll probably out-talk you. She's been around a long, long time. In the shop is Bob, and then they have a nephew that works there as well, and between Bob and the nephew, they can fix anything. And we've sent lots of stuff because they're on the other side of the world from us. We've sent a lot of stuff to them, and they've just hit a home run each time. 
every time we've sent someone to them, we get a call back or an email back or something like that saying what a nice experience that was. But the key is, is that a lot of times men, some men, think that when they walk in and they're faced with a female service rider, that it's time to school the service rider. And this is not the time. No, definitely not. <laughs> this is not the time. Okay, let's go to the phones, and, and let's see. Um, and I wrote it down. Bobby, thank you for holding. How can we help you? Yeah, I was calling about this uh, 14 Mustang GT that I have with an automatic transmission. I think it's the 6R80, if that means anything to you. Okay, yes. Um, you know, six-speed automatic. Anyway, the thing shifts beautifully. But I just have this little thing about it. When I put it in park, I got my put my foot on the brake. I put it in park, and I let my foot off the brake just before I shut it off. It always just lurches forward like an inch or two. Is that normal? Well, let me ask you something. Is the ground you parked on completely level? Yeah, and it does it every time. Just okay. almost every time. It just lurch forward, just a couple of inches. Okay, we we get that. We get that. I need you to, to back in the driveway a couple of times or back into the garage and see if it still does it. Because they're going to do this, and they're going to charge you shop rate money. So you might as well just do it yourself. Park it in different environments. Park it with the nose up. Park it with the butt up. Park it with the left side up and the right side up. Park it and see if it happens all the time. But when you when you when you pull up, you're at a stop, and you put it in park, and and there's a little bit of a rev, and it lurches forward. You say, yeah, just a little bit, yeah. Okay, um, I could the idle be up too high? Uh, I'm thinking more transmission in the parking, Paul. It's looking for that engagement, yes. so it's moving a little bit. Yeah, that's be- what I'm thinking. The parking pawl is this device that's got a toothed gear on it, and depending on where you're at, it's going to just lock the tooth. But if it stands on top of the tooth, there is going to be a little bit of a lurch. As And, and a lot of people, they'll put it in park, and they're sloped. The nose is high, and then when they let go of the brake, the car will go backwards and then lock. Right. That's called the parking pawl, and I think that that, that, is, that, is okay. the, the, that is the suspect. Now, how many miles are on it? Uh, 65,000. Okay, so you're not yet due for a transmission service, but I'd probably do my transmission service at 80, and I would say to them, I want you to take a picture of when you pull the pan after you've emptied out the fluid, and I'd, I'd like to look at, at see what's inside the pan, because we, yeah. that's part of our, our job is, is to look inside the pan at clutch material, small amounts of metal. Maybe you don't want an O-ring. You don't want a C-clip. Actually did, actually did change it. About forty thousand, and the and the thing was spotless in there, you know. Other than just a little of that dust that's okay. on the magnet. All right, try one other thing. You pull up and you put it in park, and your foot's on the brake. And I want you to apply the parking brake at that point before you release okay. the regular brake, and see if that changes it for the better. Because okay. what you're talking about is slopping the drive line, and that's the reason why I, I thought if we back you in and, it, it, and we're going to you know, put the load on the front side instead of the back side. But to be honest with you, my truck at 150,000 miles has a little bit of slop in the parking pole right now, and I'm not worried about it. Right. So it'll so move it, an, inch, an inch or more. The, can we eliminate it, the uh, cause being too much transmission fluid or too little? 
absolutely that's not the symptom for too much or too little. Okay, that's not so the symptom. The, there is no way in God's green earth that, that too much fluid or too little fluid is going to cause what you're talking about. All right. Well, that's comforting. Yeah. No, do you agree? I agree. Yeah, because okay. too too little fluid, you're going to have another symptom with it. It's slipping. It's it's going to neutral around turns. Too much fluid. It's aerating. It's it's not cooling. Something it's, else is going on. It's yeah. foaming. It's throwing. It the vent is spewing uh, a transmission fluid on yeah. the ground and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So yeah, yep. yeah. No, it's not going to be a fluid um, too high or too low. It's not going to be that yeah. at all. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you very much. It is what's really good. Um, what I like is is in men and women alike, there's three answers. Yes, no, or I don't know. Men don't know that I don't know. <laughs> but the women do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes you ask questions like I said, well, you know, can you, I get you to back into your driveway and do it? Because I want to see if it does it there. Right. I, and that means something to us. Yes. And and then he gave us the miles. He said it, it, it um, I don't remember what he said on the miles. It was a 14 and he has a spic- sixty thousand. Six, I thought, I thought yeah. that was nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's right, sixty thousand. Yeah. yeah, that was nothing. So it's going through my head, and I'm going, well, if he said one hundred and fifty, I'm thinking, okay, it's a, we're a little bit loosey loosey goosey in the transmission, but right. not at sixty. Right. But sixty is almost, um, well, it's two and a half times around the girth of the Earth. We had we can't lose sight of that. Right. People say, well, I only have a hundred thousand miles. Well, that's four times around the equator. You, that car has driven the equator four times. Do you ever think of that? I, I haven't thought of it that way. It's 25,000 miles around the equator. Really? Around the girth of the earth is 25,000 miles. People lose sight of it. Well, I only have 100,000 miles on it. Let me put 100,000 miles in perspective. <laughs> perspective, <for me. laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of terrain. That's a lot of terrain. Yeah. That's a lot of shifting. That's a lot of startups. That's a lot of fuel pump activations. That's a lot of spark plugs. That's a lot of everything. So we've just lost sight of what 25,000 miles represents. But somebody's going to call in and say, Mark, it's 24,886. And I already know that. But I can remember 25,000. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to. We're not, but at 25,000 miles, if you drove the equator, you'd have to stop for fuel. Unless, of course, you had a Chevrolet or a Dodge, and then you wouldn't have to stop for fuel. But at 25,000 miles, or 25,000 miles, there's really nothing going on. Right. So it, it's just somebody put that in perspective years ago, and I thought it was one of the neat, neatest comparisons because it really does drive home. Well, I only have 25,000 miles on it. Well, let me tell you what that means. Exactly. And I think it's a hunt, and I think somebody will correct me, but I think it's 188,000 miles to the moon. It's been a while. I'd have to look that up. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? You're going to Google? No, I'm going to no. talk to Siri. Uh-oh. Yeah. Hey, Siri, how many miles to the moon? Here's what I found from our PLNT.com. Oh, it's 238,000. I missed it. <laughs> Shut up, Siri. <laughs> 238,000 miles, 10 times around the girth of the Earth. Right. Close enough. Right. Okay. So at 10 times around the girth of the Earth, you're in the two or three hundred thousand. When you're in the two hundred thousand mile range, you've gone to the moon. You've driven to the moon. Yeah, almost. Almost. Yep. Anyway, it's the little things that keeps my empty head occupied. <laughs> <laughs> Fun facts. Yeah, and and think of the differences that we've made. We got spark plugs that go a hundred thousand miles with no problem. 
And in the days that you and I first started, twenty twenty five thousand was max. That was it. Yeah. That was it. In the sixties, seventies, and eighties, do you remember when they came out with feedback carburetors in nineteen eighty one on the General Motors side, and how we all just pooped our pants because we had no idea what that feedback was going to be? Right. Remember that? Yep. Do you remember when they came back with an electronic ignition Ford and Chevrolet in the seventy three, seventy four, seventy five years? And now all of a sudden we don't have any points in condenser, and we have this box over here with a yellow grommeter, a blue grommeter, an orange grommet. And now would they want us to buy a piece of equipment that costs two hundred dollars, believe it or not, to test that that ignition module. Right. And so, and then you go into spark plugs today. A hundred thousand miles is a piece of cake on most spark plugs, and and really makes no difference on the brand. Would you agree? I agree. Yeah. 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 For all intents and purposes, they'll all do a hundred thousand miles. Exactly. Yeah. So then we got oil, and we always changed our oil at 30,000 miles, or 3,000 miles, 3,000 miles, 3,000 miles. Now we got oil that goes 10, 15, and 20,000 miles with no problem. And it has a lot to do with the engine, too, because the fuel controls on the engine are not going to let the oil turn to gas. We're not going to spray so much fuel in the engine that we're going to overcome the rings and contaminate the oil. You remember as kids... We had big Holly carburetors with main jets the size of a coffee can. Yes. And so when you stomped on it, there was a lot of black smoke and a lot of blue smoke if you had your, if you had everything together. Right. And the front of the car lifted up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And and as you ripped down the street or whatever, wherever you were being stupid, that was a big deal. Today we have four cylinders that will outrun the cars that we built when we were in high school. Pretty and amazing. If you, and if you put a turbocharger on them, it'll run, outrun all the cars that yeah. we had when we were in high school. Yeah. So it was just a big difference. But working on cars is is kind of easy because the computer gives us some kind of direction. But people think that just because it has an O2 sensor code that it's an O2 sensor problem. So I'm going to ask you this question. What percentage of O2 sensor code do you actually replace the O2 sensor? Depends on mileage, I think, a little bit, but I say that's 2 to 5%. It's, it's pretty low. So it's under 1 out of 10. Yeah, well, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yep. The rest of the things that cause the O2 sensor code are beyond people's comprehension. A vacuum leak, a bad fuel pressure regulator, I mean, whatever can make it run rich or make it run lean, exactly. it can cause that code. Right. But the, the tattletale, the little guy out there yapping, is the oxygen sensor. And he's going, rich, 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 too much fuel, trim it down, Mark, rich, 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 or lean, lean, lean. Right. But in reality, everybody changes the O2 sensor. Don't shoot the messenger. Well, and so real quick, how do you test an O2 sensor to see if it can see lean? I haven't done that in forever. Let's refresh. Pull Pull a vacuum line on it. Oh, Pull yes. a vacuum line on it and, and pull the booster line on it. Pull yeah. the vacuum line on it, and it'll go full lean. Yep. And yep. then how do you make it go rich? How about a gloved hand over the air intake? Let's shut off some of the air. Right. Or take a can of carb spray and <laughs> go inside the air filter. Yeah. So if we can make the O2 tensor see rich and see lean, and it tells us it sees rich and sees lean, it ain't bad. Right. It isn't bad. Exactly. But you got to have that $4,000 piece of equipment in your hand to talk to the don't do sensor. <laughs> anyway, mark at marksalem.com, mark at marksalem.com. Thank you for spending your day with me.